morning and welcome to the Council Roundup. Even though Greg Bishop is off today, we will still have a recap of last night's Springfield City Council Committee of the Whole action with your fill-in host, Jim Leach. Alderwoman Lakeisha Purchase of Ward 5 was the chair for last night's festivities. So let's get right into it. It was a really short meeting. We were wrapped up in less than uh, half an hour as this city council winds down business and waits for uh, the new administration to be sworn in. First part of next week, three new aldermen joining seven returnees next week as well. That'll factor into a conversation at the end of the meeting. But let's start out at the beginning of the meeting. And uh, right out of the gate, Alderman Joe McMenamin uh, fulfilling his role as the council contrarian, raising questions about a, uh, a contract that was up last night, and this was to uh, provide some money to a, uh, a former City Water Light and Power uh, employee. She retired uh, from the city with uh, 30 years uh, of experience for the Office of Public Utilities, City Water Light and Power, but they've had an ongoing contract with her uh, for assistance and training within the accounting division, and Joe McMenamin uh, kind of wondering why why are we paying somebody that's also collecting a pension from the city i think we talked about this one previously is karen jennings did she help run our accounting division she was the chief accountant chief before chief she retired accountant. so i'm going to make the a recommendation like last time that um this is a contract extension i assume she's now receiving her uh, municipal pension and so this is money on top of that with a, a contract. So my recommendation would be we don't need a early retirement um, incentive. We need a notification incentive where our soon-to-be departing employees notify us with this, <coughs> with as many months ahead of time as possible so that we can start recruiting and uh, have some side-by-side -side time with the new um, person to replace the departing employee so that we're not um, left with an empty seat and a complete absence of knowledge and, and uh, know-how. Uh, and then we avoid, um, hopefully avoid these uh, follow-on contracts, personal service contracts. Sure. No, I get that. Yep. Thanks a lot, Doug. I'm sorry. All right. So that's uh, Doug Brown of City Water Light and Power uh, responding to that and essentially saying, yeah, we, we get it. Not always necessarily possible to uh, to be able to plan ahead like that or to find somebody uh, with the level of experience, somebody who's been around for 30 years, uh, hard to replace, you know, and will know ins and outs and things. But this, this is a, a contract that uh, is actually being extended. Uh, this additional uh, funding. It's a second extension of the contract for another $18,000 for a total payout of uh, $63,750 in that contract that was ultimately advanced by the City Council. Of course, nothing is final action from last night. Committee of the Whole just simply decides whether to advance these things to the full council on consent agenda, which means it's pretty much automatic rote approval, or whether they do it on the debate agenda. Most things went on the uh, consent agenda last night, including this item on the agenda. 
Alderman Donnelly. I apologize. I just like a brief explanation. As I knew. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we get to that, this, is, this was another, you know, uh, as I said, most of this being uh, approved pretty routinely uh, and going to consent agenda, but the uh, sometimes they were having to call up either Doug Brown for City Water, Light, and Power or Nate Bottom of Public Works to kind of just explain what it was they were voting on. That was what happened here. Alderman Donnelly. I apologize. I just like a brief explanation as we knew something different. getting your steps in, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nate, Nate Bodden being put through his paces there, but uh, was able to give the explanation and another ordinance uh, quickly passed through on consent agenda, as was uh, this item uh, before the Springfield City Council last night. 2023-181, an ordinance authorizing acceptance and execution of tourism attractions and festival grant number 2200290 from the State of Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity in an amount of $499,878 to be used for partial block development of the North Mansion Block Plaza for the Office of Public Works. Motion for consent. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor? All right. All those opposed, the ayes have it. Now, kind of interesting with that, uh, you know, uh, we have seen in recent weeks, for example, the Wyndham Project uh, put on hold because they wanted to let the new mayor, the incoming mayor, Misty Busher, uh, be able to weigh in on that. But last week, we saw approval of a, a fairly substantially altered development agreement for the sports complex. And now this uh, grant, be and this just uh, acceptance of a grant, and, you know, pretty nice size grant, almost 500000 Dollars, but we'd asked uh, incoming Mayor Busher her thoughts on the Langfeld administration's plans for that block and what they want to do with it. Uh, she said, "Well, she hadn't really had a chance to look at it yet. Didn't really have a lot of uh, insight on it yet. We had to take a look at it. Yet they they went ahead and, and moved forward with that, uh, even though again we don't know if that's necessarily in line with the new mayor's vision for that North Mansion Y block. So then we'll talk with Alderman Joe McMenamin about it after the bottom of the hour as to how they kind of decided uh, what they were going to hold and what they were going to." proceed with even with the change of administration uh, as a general rule again most of what they were dealing with on the uh, uh, committee of the whole agenda last night pretty routine pretty uh, much automatic move it through on consent agenda uh, nothing that would generate a whole lot of controversy 2023-182 an ordinance authorizing a three-year extension of a lease agreement with the springfield illinois african-american history foundation doing business as the springfield and central illinois african-american history museum for the property located at 1440 Monument Avenue. Most Most for debate. Wait, wait, what? What? I mean, that that's uh, one of those, again, you would think that would be just a very easy, automatic approval. You know, it's a, they've been in that facility right there outside of Oak Ridge Cemetery. Uh, the African American History Museum uh, just recently hired their first executive director, Nalo Mitchell. A lot of big plans there. And so this is a three-year extension of that lease. You think it'd be automatic? Alderman Hanauer wants to debate it. What is going on there? Well, we did get a quick explanation of that. Before. Alderman Hanauer speaks. They will be coming in bring, um, doing a presentation next week to just tell us what's going on in the funds that they're receiving. Alderman Hanauer? Well, that's basically what I was going to oh, say. Just that's re I don't have a problem with this. I just 
since they're coming in, we'll put it on debate. Mm -hmm. speak to it. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? The ayes have it. All right. So it does look like that's going to go forward, but they are going to come in next week with a presentation. Give us a little update on what's happening there at the uh, African American History Museum, uh, a great uh, local institution. So we'll get the update on that at next week's full city council meeting. Uh, another item on the uh, agenda last night, the sort of thing that uh, would ordinarily get pretty rapid and easy approval. 2023-173, an ordinance appointing John Melick as Inspector General for the City of Springfield. Motion to hold. Second. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. Aye. All those opposed? Aye. The ayes have it. All right, no uh, no real explanation on that for uh, Alderman Chuck Redpath making that motion to hold that. I did reach out to the alderman after the meeting last night, and he said essentially, yeah, uh, just wants to give the new mayor uh, a chance to weigh in on that. Perfectly reasonable. You know, the, the new mayor should absolutely have a say in the appointment of inspector general there. Again, you know, it's a, it's a little bit interesting as to what's being held versus what's being allowed to go forward with the change of administration. Uh, but that went on hold briefly. Of course, Roger Holmes, a retired judge had been the inspector general for years. He announced a couple of weeks back that uh, he would be uh, ending that so he can enjoy a little bit more of his retirement. Uh, John Melick uh, has served as kind of his backup, his deputy, uh, but whether he gets the job outright or not, a little up in the air right now. Uh, the incoming administration, uh, I actually reached out to them yesterday just to say, you know, what? what is the deal on appointments and things, department directors, making any announcements yet? Nothing yet. So swearing in happens in uh, nine days coming up on May 5th, but uh, no word yet on uh, who will be backing up the incoming mayor and who will be serving in her administration. All right, let's uh, move on right now. Uh, again, another generally fairly routine part of city council business is the uh, approval of uh, liquor licenses or the approval of essentially uh, returning a liquor license when a liquor pouring establishment goes out of business and the license comes back. The city, has, the city council has to vote on that, uh, and then they vote on granting new liquor licenses, usually fairly routine, uh, not necessarily in this case. 2023-175, an ordinance to increase the number of Class C liquor licenses by one for Bowl Plus, LLC, doing business Bowl Plus, located at 1754 Wabash Avenue. Uh, I'd like to hold this. We need some more information from Bowl Plus. They're situated or would be situated right next to Godfather's, and uh, we're just not getting information yet. So I'd like to discuss this with Brad Carlson. So take no action. In other words, if we take Second. no action, it just stays in place. Second. All right, so Brad Carlson, of course, the incoming uh, alderman there in Ward 7. Uh, I'm not sure what being next to Godfather's has to do with it, but Alderman McMenamin is going to be with us after the bottom of the hour, and uh, we'll see if he can shed a little bit more light on that and what the question was there. But that uh, liquor license for Bowl Plus remains on hold. Also on the agenda last night, and we reported on this a couple of weeks back, uh, an ordinance from uh, Alderman Jim Donilon uh, that is designed to uh, provide more uh, ability for mobile home park residents to get uh, some response if there are problems or issues and to make sure they're getting that response in a timely manner. Alderman Donilon was asked to explain the rationale for that ordinance. Uh, this ordinance uh, basically would establish sort of a, a very basic uh, residence bill of rights. In other words, uh, it would require the owners of the park. And, and, and when I say owners, I'm really talking about out-of-state owners mm -hmm. that make it very difficult for residents in the city of Springfield to get basic uh, 
rem remedies to uh, situations that may arise. Maybe a pothole, it may be a light out in the in the park, it may be something even uh, more egregious. And they don't know how to get a hold, they don't get responded to. This ordinance would make it clear that there's normal business hours, the business hours are posted. At a minimum, there's a phone number and, and, and a, a placard that would show who, they, who the residents should contact. Uh, it would make it clear that the residents uh, should be expected to receive a response in writing within seven business days. Very basic, very straightforward uh, things that aren't in our code presently, believe it or not, but will hopefully remedy some of the issues that have been ongoing in at least a couple areas in Ward 9. I'm sure it's happened elsewhere. I know in the past, uh, uh, now Senator Turner, uh, we had shared some concerns uh, years ago with some with some uh, mobile home parks in, in her ward and mine. So I'm sure this is coming up elsewhere. And I want to thank Corporation Council and, and Mayor Langfeller for uh, your interest in this ordinance. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to just change the code slightly and get some solutions to some problems that exist out there. A little surprising that wasn't already done, that those rules were not already in place, such as, you know, just having a, uh, a phone number uh, prominently displayed so people know where to go to get help in those situations. So that will be uh, up for a final vote next week, as will uh, a, an ordinance about uh, funding and, and accepting a grant for an expansion of the co-responders program. Now, to explain a little bit more about that, uh, Chief Joshua Stunkel, he is uh, serving as the acting chief of the police department while uh, Chief Ken Scarlett's on medical leave. So he was called up to explain uh, the, the current co-responder program and how it would be expanded under this new grant. Yeah, so this was a uh, legislative funding that was included, I believe, last May when we first heard about it. We've been through the process of planning and submitting everything to ICEJA. And uh, essentially what the legislation requires is that we develop a co-responder program to address something in Springfield. Um, we already have a grant addressing mental health co-responder in Springfield. Uh, we are working with Memorial Behavioral Health and already have social workers riding with officers as part of that program. We can't use additional grant funding for a similar program, so we are choosing to use this money to address crime victims, homelessness, and those suffering from substance use. So co-responder co means besides SPD, besides police showing up, you show up with somebody else to yes. assist with the situation. It could be a social worker, it could be a medical person, it could be any number of co-responders. Is that what's happening That's here? correct. Okay, thank you. Um, in this situation, we are working with community groups. Um, we've held several meetings, and our goal is to kind of be proactive with it, get out, meet the individuals where they are um, prior to them being in crisis, connect them with the services that they need. We have great services and support here in Springfield. We need to get those services connected with the people, uh, develop better communication between all of our service providers and expand their services. And hopefully through all of that, decrease law enforcement calls for service and crisis incidents. Really a solid idea and something that, you know, seems to be helping uh, in the arena of mental illness. So, again, expanding that out to cover uh, uh, substance abuse and addiction, homelessness, other issues like that. So a uh, great job uh, by Springfield Police uh, to seize that initiative and try to move forward with it. And that pretty much wraps up the uh, the council committee, the whole meeting from last night, except for a little bit of housekeeping uh, with uh, the uh, this is the final city, uh, final committee of the whole meeting for this current city council. 
Council, uh, and uh, everybody was there last night. Alderman John Fulgenza participating remotely, but Ward 8 Alderwoman Erin Conley was not present. That will factor into the discussion about what happens when the new council moves in because they rotate chairmanship of the Committee of the Whole every two weeks, and they've just been, you know, they work their way around the horseshoe, but it's going to fall on one of the brand new incoming aldermen, and Alderman Ralph Hanauer says, eh, maybe that's not the best thing to throw somebody into that first week on the job. I don't know whether this should be finished or unfinished business or new business, but um, with the new um, council coming in, um, we have uh, the way it works out is when we when the new alderman comes in, they would be chairing the first meeting. And I don't think that that's fair to to them because they're already going to be drinking through the fire hose. So. I, I would make a, a recommendation we either start back at Chuck or we come around to Jim, but I was just thinking go back to Ward 1 and start at 8. Start over. Start at 8. Because yeah, these yeah. two will be new, so start at 8. There then, you go. Start at 8. Yeah. So whatever the, right? the council right. decides, I don't care. I just well, I didn't want to throw somebody under and, you know. <laughs> I took it myself. That'd be <laughs> tough. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The outgoing members think that it should start at eight. <laughs> well, Alderwoman Conley has been volunteered, so we have that under order. Yeah. <laughs> Can we volunteer for tonight? <laughs> All right. Well, so so that, that's I just wanted to bring that up though. So thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and Alderwoman Conley, not there. She has been, in the words of Alderwoman Lakeisha Purchase, voluntold that she'll be chairing the next committee of the whole meeting. So the uh, new three new incoming uh, older persons will not have to deal with that right out of the gate. Um, so there you have it. Council Roundup here on 92.7 WMAY. We're going to check in with Alderman Joe McMenamin after the bottom of the hour news to uh, you know fill in a couple of the blanks from last night, talk about what happens going forward with the city council where for the first time in years and years and years, Joe McMenamin will not be that contrarian voice on the council. That's coming up. All right, welcome back. Uh, Jim Leach in for Greg Bishop for the rest of this week, first part of next week. It's technically still the council roundup, although, as we noted, it was a very short meeting last night. We've already gone through the high points of the meeting, but still more to find out. Not just looking back to last night, but looking ahead to the incoming new administration at Springfield City Council to help us put it all in perspective. Ward 7 Alderman Joe McMenamin here with us live this morning. Alderman, appreciate your time. Thank you. You, you bet, Jim. I don't know what you've covered already. I had an obligation to, to get to. Um, There's a couple of sleep ordinances in there uh, last night of the 28. Did you cover the Inspector General ordinance? I do want to ask you about that. I, I want to ask you about one before before we even get into a couple of those others, uh, one that you actually put on hold last night. Usually something pretty routine, uh, a liquor license, in this case for a place that's going to be called Bowl Plus uh, out in your ward, and you wanted that put on hold. What's the what's the issue there? What's the holdup with that? Um, yeah, Bowl, B-O-W-L, LLC, kind of an unusual name for a restaurant. Um, usually, uh, any new liquor license, they always call the the alderman just to let you know what is going on there. So what was curious about that one, Jim, and I didn't say too much last night. Yeah. I, I didn't want to put it out in the public, but basically I was worried that was going to be video gaming with kind of a fictitious restaurant, fictitious bar in there. So I, um, I haven't been able to um, reach the new owners, and I did talk with uh, Mike Mansoor, who he and uh, um, a uh, 
business partner owned uh, Godfather's right next door. And um, I had a conversation with him. He says he doesn't really quite know what's going to go in there. You know, to, to equip a true restaurant, it's anywhere from fifty to one hundred fifty thousand dollars when you put in the range and the wash, the uh, you know, the uh, all the equipment and so forth. So I just wanted to make sure that it was a legitimate restaurant. And if it's an out of town um, license request, uh, maybe they don't they don't know we have a sixty percent gross uh, receipts from any video gaming operation have to come from actual liquor and uh, food sales, uh, restaurant sales. And, you know, maybe that new person doesn't know about that uh, rule we have here in uh, Springfield, which came in too late really to do as much good as as it should have done. But um, that's the background to it. All right. Well, we'll keep us posted on that, interested uh, in that. What what else did you see as a, a sleeper ordinance last night? Well, I think that IG uh, Inspector General, yeah. the Inspector General can really weigh in on some important uh, issues. And um, you know, um, uh, Roger Holmes has retired from that position which he held for, I guess, almost eight years or so. And uh, um, so the outgoing mayor had nominated John Malik, who has been the backup uh, IG, mm-hmm. if there would be a conflict of interest. And now he's, you know, a retired judge. He did serve for a short time under Mayor Houston as our actual city attorney. He, he comes from a associate judgeship position where you handle misdemeanors and, and uh, traffic cases. Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad... Um, that we're going to maybe consider some uh, other persons for that position, and that really should be... Now, you know, Jim, to be honest, an inspector general can really help or hurt a mayor, and so um, so you really want an independent person in that position, and I hope we get one. Uh, And again, Alderman Redpath, uh, making the motion to put that on hold last night, said it was to give the new mayor a a chance to weigh in. We're talking with Alderman Joe McMenamin this morning on the Council Roundup, brought to you by Head West Substop. When you want a great sub, you got to head west. Uh, It's a little bit curious, though, as to why certain things were put on hold for the new mayor, like the Wyndham Project, the Inspector General, but other things are moving forward, like the sports complex. I know you've been very outspoken about it. Uh, They went ahead and approved the uh, grant on the North Mansion Y Block last night, even though the new mayor hasn't really weighed in on those plans or what she thinks about what uh, was put forward for some of the uh, improvements to be funded through that grant. Why are some things moving ahead and some things we've got the brakes on until the new administration takes over? You can almost, you know, read between the lines on some of those. Uh, The the Y Block, uh, you know, you never want to turn down money, but you're correct that the actual design could be modified by the new mayor. The the existing proposed uh, uh, plans for the Y Block were put out there by uh, Kent and Sue Massey. They do good work. It's mostly, you know, a lot of it is has to do with sidewalks so that all the uh, wheelchair um, and, and handicapped folks can equally enjoy the Y Block and the musical events. They're going to put a stage there. They're going to have some restrooms there, some lighting. I think they're also prepositioning some uh, structure for an ice rink there, so there's a lot to it. Uh, they can't really ever plan to build on the south end of the Y Block because we've got basically a lake underneath there that was put in to help the drainage downtown. Uh, that was done six years ago, I believe it was. The north end could be built upon, but then that's a mixed blessing, Jim, because if you put new buildings for retail and housing on the north end, that just means that our empty existing downtown buildings maybe don't get rehabilitated. So 
there's pluses and minuses to everything. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, again, the Wyndham was put on hold. Uh, what Are you hearing anything about that and uh, whether that's likely to, to proceed once the new mayor is in and the new council seated? I'm glad that one got pushed to the next mayor because any of these um, subsidy-type programs can backfire on you. And uh, we want the best for Springfield. I, I, I'm, I wish the sports complex had been pushed to the new mayor. I think uh, Mayor Langfeld, he probably wanted some credit. I think he's kind of maybe proud of bringing in a new industry to Springfield. But let's face it, um, I, in my opinion, our pre-existing industries need to get the most attention. And one of those is tourism. We have something special here in Springfield, which is called Lincoln. You know, there's nobody more important in the political, constitutional, um, national uh, stature as Lincoln worldwide, in my opinion. And uh, we uh, our downtown, that's where Lincoln walked. That's where he had his law office. That's where he lived. Um, our downtown is suffering um, and for no fault really of its own. And retail moved out. Um, banks moved out, and but now we have to, um, you know, repopulate it. And you know, we've got good things going downtown that we should build upon. You know, our convention center was expanded, what eight years ago. Our uh, Abraham Lincoln Museum and Library, huge. Um, we've got all the f- states spending now on the old Capitol building, the new Capitol building, the Armory. Um, we've got UAS coming to downtown, but we need a lot of subsidy money for those old buildings that need um, uh, rehabilitation. The most recent being the Ridgely Building, as you know, that's a 12-story building at 5th and uh, Monroe. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful structure, but uh, it's in deep, deep trouble. So I would have preferred all that hotel-motel money going to downtown and the gateways into downtown. I, I drove South Grand like I oftentimes do yesterday, Jim, and it was just in deplorable condition. I mean, when you see home after home with, you know, um, plywood on the front uh, windows and uh, just in, in uh, neglected condition, and we need to have subsidies to um, encourage uh, persons to come in, businesses to come in and and rehabilitate um, the properties alongside our some of our gateways. But won't that sports tourism bring in that kind of money? I mean, you can bill this as, hey, come on in for your tournament, and while you're here, head downtown, see the Lincoln site, see Lincoln's home, see the Presidential Museum. And folks, you know, it's not that far from the sports complex to downtown. Uh, won't, won't that bring in the kind of money you're talking about for some of those other projects? We hope so, but I think most of that new money goes right back to the developers that that new money is really the 45 million in subsidies that goes to the developers and so i i don't know if it's just a, a net zero ultimately and then you have jim you know that mattoon sports complex uh just uh, uh 80 miles from springfield or less and uh, they're basically doing the same thing we're doing with a dome a dome almost the size of our dome well you, you know we're eating the same lunch at that point so I would have liked to have seen fiscal notes. I thought it was irresponsible for you know the uh, co-sponsor, um, including uh, Desenso, not giving us a, a fiscal note. What the fiscal tells us, Jim, is how many hotel motel rooms are getting filled now, and how much uh, hotel motel tax. How many do we expect to get each year going forward? How much? And we got a sales tax a rebate going on. How much additional sales tax beyond the floor? 
that is now being produced by uh, Shields, how much, uh, and so forth. We didn't get any of that, none of it. And we didn't even get a profit-loss statement from the sports complex. And uh, I hope the banks are looking at that carefully. And from my point of view, it won't be such a great loss if we don't move ground in 90 days because I think that um, hotel-motel tax would then becomes available for more pressing uh, needs and uh, strategic um, obligations the city has. Alderman Joe McMenamin's here with us. Uh, your time on the city council is coming to an end in a matter of days. You've got one more meeting and you have filled the very important role for the last 12 years of being the council contrarian, raising issues that nobody else is really raising. Uh, is there anybody going to fill that role when you're gone? Who's going to bring up some of these points? Thanks for bringing that up. I'm very concerned about that, about checks and balances going forward. I think I was hopeful that Roy Williams could maybe fill in that role. And, uh, um, but, you know, now that he does not have a mayor that's friendly to his, and same with Gre- uh, Sean Gregory, now that going forward they don't have a mayor that will be kind of friendly to some of their projects, I think they're going to try to be very calm. Uh, well, we'll see how it works out. I, um, and, and then, again, they got that lawsuit that Brad Shivey um, placed against uh, Roy Williams. That includes Roy Williams as a defendant. I, I mean, that's kind of a shut-up type lawsuit from from my point of view, um, and uh, it's expensive for Roy Williams to defend himself. But to answer your question, no, I'm, I'm worried about you know Hanauer and Redpath and some of the others having a very dominant role. And uh, you know, I was very disappointed that when I raised the issue of our city council rules say that you've got to have fiscal notes when you bring in an ordinance that has to do with how tax monies will be spent or tax monies devoted or future spending obligation of the city. And for them to say, oh, we don't care about fiscal notes, that told me, okay, uh, we're in trouble going down the road because uh, we've never had a subsidy of that size before. $45 million of taxpayer money going to a private uh, for-profit entity? You know, since when do we guarantee profit for a non-essential business in Springfield? So, um, yeah, I'm worried about uh, the checks and balances going forward. I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I've talked with uh, our outgoing city mayor, Langfelder, and our outgoing city attorney, Zirkel. I think we do need some watchdogs out there and to kind of measure accountability. Um, I think Langfelder, I feel bad because he's kind of getting pushed out of office, uh, I think, um, I wish he'd had a better way to go out, um, but he's devoted so much of his time and life to our city, and his father did too, that I, I hope he stays involved uh, for the betterment of, of our city, because he's knowledgeable, just like you're knowledgeable, and we need more folks like you and the others that are left at no city government. We don't really have the TV reporters that can go in-depth. We don't have, um, and we, Illinois Times, and by the way, Illinois Times had a pretty good article on page five of the what we started out talking about the uh, YMCA block I think they have a good description of what's going to a photo description of what's going to happen there yeah. but we don't have the in-depth press that we used to have and so there's less fewer people to um, care about uh, such things as city government uh, alderman um, before I let you go here uh, any advice for the new mayor any ticking time bombs she needs to be watching out for you know, one of the strengths of Mayor Langfellow was he didn't pick fights with people. He didn't. He was patient. You know, when uh, um, Devlin uh, took his life, um, people said, you know, Jim Langfellow, you run for mayor. And he said, no, I'm going to wait. You know, I think he wanted to raise his family more fully at that point in time. He, mayor Langford does not burn bridges. A mayor has to be gracious and welcoming to everybody. And I, I hope that... Uh, 
Mayor Bush recognizes that. I, you know, it's, I, a lot of people have mentioned how she kind of kept some of the media out of her, what turned out to be a celebration election night. You, you really want to be a gracious, welcoming mayor to everybody. And that that be the advice. I don't know, Jim, if you have heard anything about her transition team. I don't know who's on that yet. Um, I hope she's got capable people. To, as far as advice, um, you know, put... Uh, I got more to say about that, but I just wish Mayor uh, Bush the best. And um, maybe she wasn't expecting to win. I don't know. But I now she is. She's the winner. And, uh, you know, the, the strong mayor form of government is a tough form of government, especially in our city, because we're a capital city and we got the utility. And, you know, it's not when you have a city manager form of government like Decatur and Peoria, you do have a smoother transition because the city attorney say, stays likely the city manager stays and in those forms of government they hire the um the directors subject to approval by the council in some cases but in this in our case we have a whole layer of top government is potentially um in turnover right now it's very key positions like the budget director who i don't know what's going to happen with uh, bill mccarty um but uh, the mayor's got a lot of people to talk with right now a lot of interviews to make Alderman, and, uh, I'm uh, I'm out of time, unfortunately, but maybe we can get you back here next Wednesday morning after your final council meeting. You'll be completely unfettered, and we can finish out some of the conversation we didn't have time for today. Alderman Joe McMenamin, thanks for your time here. We appreciate it.